Welcome to the Burning Hearts Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us this week. Last week we looked at Romans 1 and through 3 and just talked about the wrath of God, but we also talked about this incredible grace of God that he poured on us. And I just wanted to show you, can you throw up that first slide? You know, I said we're going to go through this as a church, Romans, and these are the four ways it's kind of broken out. And I thought, I'll put it up if you want to take a picture. If you guys are doing this in Romans right now, just take a picture of it so when you have your personal quiet time, that's how Romans is broken up, you know, so you can read through it and see those areas that we're covering. Today we're into Romans 8, and we are going to talk about the grace of God, that new covenant, that we are new creations in Jesus. Um, So let's turn to Romans 8 if you have your Bibles. You know, I was thinking about our teaching last week and how, you know, we, Romans 1 kind of has you reflecting on yourself. And then when we get to Romans 3.21, we start reflecting on who Jesus is. You know, everything that he did for us on the cross and how he poured out, you know, his life for us that we could have life and have it abundantly. And a person who disciples me once said, um, For every one look that you take at yourself, make sure you take 10 looks at Jesus. Now, isn't that a really good principle? We're in a society online, they love to talk about themselves. They love to talk about process, whatever. I'm always amazed at how people process for everyone to see, right? Which is okay, that's how some people are. Some of us are introverts, that's probably not how you introverts roll, right? But I'm this internal processor, not saying that's always healthy either, right? But every time we process, whether it's internal or external processing about yourself, pause and think, now I need to think of 10 things about him. And when we start putting those 10 things about Jesus, our thoughts focused on that, do you know what happens to that one thing I was focusing on myself? It's not that it isn't important. I found the answer. You know, he sees your heart, he sees your emotions, he knows what you're processing, but he's got the solution for all of our problems. That's who Jesus is. Yeah, it's all good, isn't it? So anyway, Romans 8, I did remember where we're going, verse 1. A lot of um, people say this is probably one of the greatest chapters in the Word of God, because it lays out what God sent his son and what we are. You know, in the beginning of it, it begins that we have no condemnation. And you know how this chapter ends? Is that nothing can separate you from the love of God. Isn't that powerful to think about? We're gonna start with we have no condemnation, and then we're ending with nothing can separate us. It's powerful to think about. In chapter seven, if you've been reading along this week in your own study, it talks a lot about the chains and the bondage and the slavery of the past. And then chapter eight is the breaking of it all. It's all gonna be broken. So as we read today, think of your own life. God is breaking things off of us. He's setting the captives free. And he's having us walk in this incredible relationship with Jesus. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Say that with me. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Some of you have versions in your Bible where it goes on to say, who don't walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. 
I like other versions because they're closest and nearer to the original where they just say, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's it. It's all about Jesus. There is no condemnation for us who are in him. It doesn't matter your mistakes, your failures, because we're still making mistakes and failure. That eternal judgment, it's not on us anymore. We're in heaven with him. We get to be seated in heavenly places with him. You know, there may be consequences for our sin at times, but what he says over us is there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. In John 5, Jesus says us, these are red letter words, very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and I will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. So he says to them right there, he says, very truly I tell you, whoever hears the word and believes it, him who sent me has eternal life. Do we believe that? Do we believe in Jesus? Yeah, we're sitting here. Yes, we believe him. Then we will not be judged, but we have crossed over from death to life. That's a powerful statement Jesus made. The judgment is over, that eternal judgment. For the law of the spirit, let's go to verse two. Of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. For the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemns sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. We are not condemned because we are walking according to the spirit. That Holy Spirit is in you. Holy Spirit is mentioned a number of times in Romans. And you know, remember what Jesus said, it is to our advantage that I'm going to send a helper, Holy Spirit, to be with you. It is to our advantage that we are walking with Holy Spirit. I was thinking about, in the last week I talked about the difference between laws. There's principal laws and then there's Moses laws. And these are a lot of principal laws, like the law of gravity or Newton's law of motion. Those are principles, right? They're not like laws that we have and have to abide by. They're principles. And there's, this is that principle that drives to do wrong. But now there is a principle to do the right thing. Holy Spirit is the right thing, and he lives in us. So no longer are we driven by this principle to do wrong, but all of a sudden, Holy Spirit's in you to make right choices and right decisions. The law and sin of death is over that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, that we would walk according to the Spirit. That's what we're called to do. How many of you know that pre-Jesus, there weren't like these little like, ooh, I shouldn't do that. And then now, remember when you got saved and all of a sudden you noticed things that were wrong? <laughs> I love new Christians that will come up for prayer and there's a lot of swear words sometimes <laughs> or if they get healed, there's a lot of F-bombs that come out sometimes. And I'm like, you know what? Next week, probably Holy Spirit's gonna work on that and they'll think it's wrong. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to tell them because there's something inside of them because they're saved now that's working this out and Holy Spirit's gonna say, you probably shouldn't talk like that anymore, right? And as we study the word more and more, as I study it more and more, I'm like, oh God, I just wanna live according to your word. We start seeing things in our lives that, you know what, that shouldn't really matter because this is what really matters to you. And once the spirit is in us, leading us and guiding us, things change in our life. 
How many of you can say, yeah, I've noticed that in my life? How many of you, like, there's this guard on your mouth you didn't have before you were saved? Like, all of a sudden, oops, I shouldn't say that. Oops, I shouldn't judge like that. Oops, I shouldn't be angry. Oops, whatever it is. Holy Spirit in you is changing your life around so that we look more like him. There's going to be less of us and more of him. We're going to look more like him because we are walking with the spirit within us. Let's go to verse 11. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus Christ from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because his spirit who lives in you. The spirit of God is living in us, that very spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Do you know how many times I use that when I pray for people? I think I am praying not on my own accord, but that same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that very resurrection life is living in me. And as I pray, I'm releasing that. It is not about anything I'm doing. We think about those arteries being fully restored. No human prayer could ever do that. But God of the impossible, he can do that. As we partner with Jesus, as we walk according to him and live by that spirit, listening to that voice, just like Chris just prayed over us, it might not be about water. It might be about who shows up in your life. That we would be so attuned to him. You know, in the Old Testament, Ted and I, I was talking to him about Romans, and I, was, I told him about Ezekiel 37. And um, do you remember this? The hand of the Lord was on him, and he brought the Spirit of the Lord, set Ezekiel in the middle of a valley of what? Dry bones, right? So can you imagine being, you know, taken in the Spirit in the valley of dry bones? As I was rereading this again a few times this week, I thought, oh my word, I can't imagine. Ezekiel, the angel's taken him by the hair. He lands in the valley of dry bones, and then this wild encounter with God happens. And I thought, oh my word, I don't know what would we do if we had those kind of encounters with him. I don't think we'd be the same. That's all I got to say. So let's move down. We're going to go down to verse 9 for time's sake. So he's in the valley of dry bones, and he prophesies to the bones, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So he prophesied. And as I commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. And the bones came together, bone on bone. Think about it. Okay. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come breathe. From the four winds, the breath into these slain, they will that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up upon their feet, a vast army. Can you imagine? He spoke and breath came in them. What's in you? Holy Spirit. He came in you, that very life, life, that resurrection life that came into Adam when he was formed, that came in in this valley of dry bones. He prophesies and life comes in. He's in us. That very living God is within us. Amen. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, my people. 
I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will be known that I, the Lord, have spoken and I've done it for you, declares the Lord. He put his spirit in his people and that's all. that all happened. He did that. He's still today doing that in us. He is alive within us. The spirit of the living God, that resurrection life. I was thinking about this and I pray this a lot and many of you are new to Burning Hearts and probably have never heard this testimony, but a lot of you probably have, so it's maybe 50-50, but when Burning Hearts was starting, we started a healing school in our house. And the only reason why we started that was because of this testimony. I had, we had been contending for healing and just believing God to move in miracles because we had seen it in other countries. And we said, God, why not America? We want this in America. And um, I had been at a meeting, and this is way back, 20 years ago, where Randy Clark and Bill Johnson and Heidi Baker were before people even knew who they were, really. And Heidi was sharing stories in Mozambique and how the dead were coming alive and people were being healed and they were getting saved by literally the thousands. It was wild what was happening and how many she was feeding every day and how God was multiplying food. And I was so hungry saying, God, we need this in America. We need the God of the impossible in America. And that week I went to um, the mall and our kids were singing. And I just want you to know if you're medical in this room, this is already published and verified. So what I'm telling you, I can tell you, and it's already published and verified. So you're like going, this might break HIPAA. (laughs) It doesn't. It's already out there and verified. Um, So we're in the mall with our kids and they're singing away. And this other physician who had been there, she's a neurologist, was asking What happened at that meeting? I had to leave early. And at that meeting we were at, we saw over 800 people healed. I was undone. I mean, like undone. And you know who was praying for him? This teen challenge woman who had been saved one day. She got healed, her knee got healed. And then Randy goes, you need to pray for everyone because you've just released the testimony and the healing is on you. And she began to, I never knew there were so many broken knees in a church. Like she just began to pray one right after the other and they'd run around the church. I'm healed, I'm healed. There was this like, this fire of God moment that took place. And it was awesome. And I was like, I love that it was someone who'd been saved one day because it doesn't matter your theology or how much you know, you just have to know Jesus right? It was the best thing ever. So we're in the mall talking about Jesus and what he had done. And you know, when you talk about him, what happens? His presence comes, right? You talk about Jesus, you sing to him, you glorify him and his presence comes. And we were talking and in the mall, our kids are singing and we're just getting undone by God. And she kept getting paged. And I said, oh, I suppose this can wait. And she said, no, this can't wait. And she goes, I have to go to the hospital right now. I had a 23-year-old die in the um, CAT scan. And um, they're keeping her alive because they're going to do transplant of all her organs. And so I come in and do the second death certificate, and then they transplant the organs, right? I was like, that's not right. I mean, everything we just talked about and saw, and if he can do it for Heidi, he can do it for us. He's no respecter of persons. And I said, all I know is he's resurrection life. That's just literally all I know. She said, I agree. And she got in her car and she said for the next 25 minutes, she goes, all I could do is declare he's resurrection life and that's all I know. 
And I was in the mall just saying, I don't know anything else, Jesus. That's injustice. It's not right. Your resurrection life. Guess what happens when she gets to the floor? There's all this screaming. She's like, what's going on? Your dead girl's alive. And she goes, when did she raise? 25 minutes ago. <laughs> he is life. <clears throat> That physician got to go back to everyone who had hands on that girl and share the testimony of Jesus, back to the ER, back to the CAT scan, back. And she got to share the love of Jesus and what he had done. I say that to say that's what we carry in us. Not because of who we are, just because he is resurrection life. That's who Jesus is. Christ sent his son for us. Let's go to verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Notice in Romans, all of a sudden the language of Paul shifts and it's so personal. You are sons, you are daughters, and we cry, Abba. We cry, Papa God. In the Greek, it's like saying, Papa. It's like saying, Father. If you're in Jerusalem, you hear them crying, Papa, Papa, come. You know, like whatever they're saying, that's the only word I know. <laughs> and they're saying, Abba, Abba. It's that simplicity of he is our father. And we are his sons. We are his daughters. That word adoption, I want you to know in Roman culture, that word means that you lose the rights of the family you were in. And as you're adopted in as an adult child into this new family, you gain all the rights of that family and you become co-heirs just like any of the natural born. So instantly you're a co-heir in that family. That's how fast it happens. Instantly we are adopted in and we are co-heirs with him. Abba, Papa. That's how Jesus taught us to pray. Remember, our Father who art in heaven do you know how amazing that is? You know, no rabbi before Jesus had ever taught that word, our father. That was never, ever taught. There's no personal relationship. That's not how they do it. They, it's a remote God, and what they use in their prayer language is the name. The name said this. The name did that. But we get to cry, Abba, Father. Jesus said, I want to teach you how to pray. Say, our father. He has a name. It's not the name. It's our Father, that intimacy with God that Nate was talking about as we took communion. We're adopted into him. We are his sons, his daughters. We cry, Abba. Verse 28, and we know that in all things, God works for good to those who love him and who have been called according to his purposes. I'm going to close here shortly, but this is a difficult verse at times, isn't it? But we can trust this our current sufferings and difficulties that he's going to work together for good. You know, sometimes I've struggled with this scripture. It's like, oh God, I don't like this place I'm in and it is painful, but you keep saying you're going to work this together for good according to his purpose. I heard a pastor once say, he actually did a whole sermon on this one verse and he said, that verse is like a soft pillow to a tired heart. 
Isn't that a good word? A soft pillow to a tired heart. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. The word in the Greek is synergy, is, comes from what our word is synergy. It's got the same basis for word. And I don't know if you know the definition, the true definition of synergy is where you take two or more things and make a relationship that they will produce a result that is better than those individuals that were separate. So when he says he's working out the good in us, he's taking these things, he's working in us, and he's creating a synergy that's going to produce something better than it was before. If you're in the middle of it, remember that word. In this, he is working those two things to create something that is better. In my life, he doesn't waste anything, you guys. He uses all things for his glory. He's working in us those very things. God does not mean it's going to be comfort or easy necessarily. I wish it was. But sometimes it's difficult, but just know he has a good plan. He's going to use it. So we begin with we have no condemnation in Christ, and we're going to end now with we have no separation from the love of God. Romans 8, 37 and 39. Now in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Nothing will separate you from that. Think of David facing Goliath. He knew this. He knew the power of his God. He knew nothing will separate him. The God of the impossible is going to show up. That know in all things, we are more than conquerors. You may be in a battle of your life. Just know you are more than conqueror. That's who you are. If you think, I don't have direction. I don't have peace. I need a new job. Know that God's going to supply your needs and that you will be more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Neither death nor life, angels nor demons, present or future, any power, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate you from the love of Jesus Christ. Nothing. Isn't that a powerful word? I want to end with that, and I just want you to stand up. Pastor Chris, will you come up? I am... When uh, Ted and I were talking about this and we were thinking of just different battles in our life and you're just like, no, we are more than conquerors in this. And we're just kind of putting it in perspective of our personal life right now. Is just like, no, we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus because everything that Jesus did on the cross, I am more than a conqueror in this. And you know so much so that neither life nor death nor principalities, nothing. Who cares about that? Because I'm more than a conqueror in Christ. Sometimes we focus so much on the battle, we forget about who Jesus is. We forget about focusing our eyes on him. That one focus on us and our problems needs 10 on gazes on him. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus because of everything that he did on the cross. All things. I want us to just, this was a lot of information in just (laughs) over many half hour, I don't even know. 
But I want God to just start working on our hearts because I spoke quickly. But I know there was a lot of nuggets from Romans that we need to grab. Romans 8 is a powerful book. It's probably one of the most powerful books for us as Christians, knowing who we are because of what Christ did for us. You know, this whole book, I don't think I shared this last week, but many of the revivals were birthed out of the people who were leading them were studying Romans. Maybe I shared that last week, I can't remember. But I think that's a powerful thing, that Romans has a power to do such change in our hearts that it's going to be reflected outside the walls of the church. Jonathan Edwards was studying Romans when the First Great Awakening awoke. But he was also studying what Martin Luther had written about Romans, which started the Protestant Revolution, right? You guys, Romans is a powerful book. And as we just fix our eyes and our gaze on Jesus and what he did on the cross, it's all laid out in this book for us that we are more than conquerors. There's therefore now no condemnation on us. We sit on that mercy seat because of the blood of Jesus that's spread out for us. That's who he is. And once we get revived in our heart, do you know what happens? Our city's revived. We pray for our workers on, that are up, going up our roof. Like who knew? The divine appointment that God had just because she had a leaky roof. Those things can irritate us and we focus our eyes on that, but what did Chris do? She went to those 10 thoughts on him and she prayed for that guy and he will never be the same, nor will his doctor, nor with who anyone who charted that will ever be the same. You guys, God is moving in our midst. His presence is here. He desires, Jesus just desires so much for us to continue on this journey with him. And it's like one foot in front of the other. That's all it is, you guys, is one day and then the next. And we just say, Jesus, I give you this day. I fix my eyes on you, Jesus. That's how easy it is. So Father, over these words that you just shared with us through Romans 8, God, we cry, Abba, Papa God, that we are your sons and your daughters, that we are more than conquerors in Christ. For those in this room who are going through those difficult things, who said, I need that synergy, knowing that you're working all things out for the good. Lord, I just pray for their situations, God, that you move miraculously this week. I pray again for those in this room who are physically sick, God, that you would heal and restore their bodies. And I pray for those who's been in a struggle, even in the relationship with you. Maybe their eyes have been so on themselves, they haven't been able to focus on you. Right now, God, I pray that gaze shifts in Jesus' name. This is a bondage-breaking book. It breaks chains, God. It fixes our eyes on you, knowing that you can supply all our needs, knowing that you break off those things that hold us back. Father God, right now I ask, you move in this place. Anyone that's held back right now, be set free in Jesus' name. I pray depression and oppression and anxiety off of people right now in the name of Jesus, that it be broken, broken in the name of Jesus, broken. I pray a freedom in this house like never before. You said, Jesus, where your spirit, there is freedom.
Lord, we declare your freedom, your healing, your liberty, Jesus. God, I ask that our hearts and our minds be so set on you, on Father God, who sent his only son, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, that you breathe and Holy Spirit is in us. You said, I need to send that advocate. I need to advance you into the next thing, so I'm sending Holy Spirit. So anyone who needs that fresh filling right now, I pray fresh filling of Holy Spirit over them. They get baptized afresh with the Holy Spirit and with fire right now in the name of Jesus. The fire of God hit in Jesus' name. I pray the great awakening come in us. Start here with us, Jesus. The next great awakening start here in our hearts. Awaken us, Jesus. Revive us, Jesus. Fill us again fresh, God. I pray we spill out everywhere in this city. Everywhere we go. Everywhere we go. Thank you, Jesus. You are in our midst. You are moving in our midst. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We hope this message encouraged you today. For more information about Burning Hearts Church and our mission, please head to burninghartsfargo.com.